0: what's going on guys welcome back to this week's episode of outside the arena with Robin griff i'm griffin senek joined by my co-host rob goldberger and this has been i think one of the craziest weeks in sports history the ncaa tournament has begun the round of 64 the day we're filming this we're filming this on saturday so the round of 64 is concluded the round of 32 um we'll probably be about halfway finished when you guys see this um so we're going to talk about the round of 64 we'll probably have some episodes uh separately coming out from the podcast talking about the tournament from now on after each round or so uh we'll put out an episode discussing the latest from the tournament the nfl i mean the craziest week probably ever i mean nfl free agency open tom brady unretired deshaun watson has been traded to the cleveland browns davante adams has been traded to the las vegas raiders and then mlb free agency which um you know it was considered a, you know people were saying oh it's gonna be a free agent frenzy Really was a slow start, but these last two days has just been very hectic. Everyone's trying to sign. Carlos Correa signed with the Twins, Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber to the Phillies, which I know Rob is happy about, um, and much, much more. But we're going to start today's episode off with the NCAA tournament, um, and we're going to talk about the round of 64. As you can see, this UNC game, I mean, just absolutely insanity. Um, I mean, UNC, um, man, they almost lost that, but uh, we'll touch on that uh at the end but real quick we're just going to go right to the top michigan beating colorado state i mean i feel like that's an upset a lot of people kind of saw happening um I, I don't know if there's too much to talk about with that game if, if we're being honest um yeah. michigan and indianapolis kind of seemed like kind
1: of seemed like a foregone conclusion yeah uh
0: providence i mean san uh south dakota state i i think a lot of people uh saw this game as a potential upset but providence proved themselves um you know we'll see what happens i I'm not quite sure, to be honest, who they play next. Is it Richmond? That
1: yeah, yeah, Irish, that'll be a good game.
0: That will be a good game. Um, and I think, honestly, that's going to be the first game we just talked about right now, is this Richmond-Iowa game. Um, I mean, this was a game, Iowa, coming off a Big Ten uh, championship. I mean, this was a team that a lot of people really liked heading into the tournament with the Murray brothers, the McCaffrey brothers, and, uh, I mean, what a disappointing performance. Richmond, I mean, these guys really played the heck out of the ball. Jacob Gilliard as you can see, leading the game with 24 points. Um, I mean, you look at the shooting, either of these teams shot too well from three, uh, Richmond at the free throw line, I mean, 14 for 16, that'll be the difference maker here. I mean, what were your thoughts on this game, Rob? I had in one of my brackets, Iowa in the final four. This was a team that I really believe uh, could make it pretty far with their shooting, the Murray brothers and, uh, you know, what an absolute disappointment from, from yeah,
1: Iowa. Yeah, I kind of just... Just a disaster for Iowa. They, I mean, they've been one of the best offensive teams in the country all year long, and they just cannot shoot today uh, or, or that day, I should say. They yeah. just cannot shoot the ball. Uh, Keegan Murray was 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 really good as always. I mean, I think he's he's sort of the one consistent for that team, and I, I think even that stat line for 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 Patrick McCaffrey is a little misleading because they yeah. they just could they couldn't shoot the ball. That they, they they really couldn't shoot the ball. Uh, and their defense, I, I mean, it was it was. It was good on Richmond, but I Iowa is an offensive team. That's that's how they're known. They were one of the best offensive teams in the country all year. They were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country all year, and they cannot buy a basket all day long. And I, you know, came back to Harlem, I think Richmond was the better team. And I think a team like Richmond playing a team like Providence, who I don't think is that good. I think Richmond is very dangerous. I think Richmond has had this, uh, a core group of guys together really for three or four years at this point, And they've never really been able to get out of the a 10, they finished six in the a 10 regular season. But I mean, this is a five game win streak on their own right now. Uh, I, I think Richmond really, really has a shot to, to, to go far in this
0: tournament. Yeah. I mean, Richmond's uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, this team that kind of squeaked their way in the tournament, they had to, you know, win out and, and whatnot and, and really play good. And, and that's what they've done. And, Yeah, this is the team that, you know, could make some noise. Um, And this is the thing about the tournament. I mean, I think you can almost argue that sometimes these these 13, 14 seed teams, 12 seed teams, you know, are harder to play than like a top, you know, eight seed team, just because these teams, you know, they're playing with nothing to lose. These are teams that, you know, they've won their conferences. There's not much expected out of them. There's a lot of underrated players on these teams that you see emerge, and they're usually pretty feisty. They come out with a lot of energy, obviously, not all these teams are going to win, but it's you know these five twelve games four thirteen even obviously we saw Saint Peter's which we're going to talk about I mean these teams are definitely a, a, a challenge and and Richmond I mean they just played a great game in Iowa yeah uh, you know that's what happens in the tournament you have an off day shooting the basketball when you're in a lead offensive team you're not going to be playing more so uh, definitely a tough loss for Iowa um, and Richmond we'll we'll see what they can do um, I mean I think that takes us I mean do you want to talk about the UConn game, or just straight to Kentucky?
1: I think I I think we can talk about straight, just go straight to Kentucky. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this is one of the most disgraceful coaching performances in NCAA history. I mean, I'm just going to unload on Kentucky here. This is this is gross. I mean, um, by by budget to to budget ratio, by budget ratio between these two basketball programs, this was the hot. This is the biggest upset in NCAA tournament history. I mean, it, was, it is a joke that Kentucky lost this game. Kentucky has two lottery picks on their team. They have the national player of the year on their team. I mean, and Oscar Sheedway played great. He was really the only Wildcat that showed up that, that showed up in this game. And, uh, I, I mean, just a joke for Kentucky to lose. I think Coach K's – or, or Coach, Coach Cal, I should say, not Coach K. Coach okay. Cal refused to play Shane Sharp, ultimately came back to b- bite them in the end. I'm not really sure what that was about. I'm still not sure what that's about um but yeah I, all credit goes to St. Peter's uh they showed up and, and, and uh, this wasn't some cheap victory they, they, they looked athletically you know they looked like they were able to athletically match up with Kentucky the, the whole game long and I all game long and I, I sort of say I mean this is considered the toughest job in the uh MAAC which is really considered one of the worst conferences in college basketball uh for them this is a school with Two thousand people that go there compared to the university of kentucky which is one of the biggest schools in the country it's 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 unbelievable that saint peter's is able to pull this off the just to i mean kentucky has 12 and a coach cow's uh salary is five times the entire saint peter's athletic department budget i mean it's just one of the craziest upsets ever
0: yeah i mean this is just uh you, you framed it good a disgrace and you know Kentucky they, they got to overtime and they still were not able to win. I mean St. Peter's all credit to them. I mean, this is a team that shot 52% from the three and uh you know hit 85% of their free throws. I mean, Kentucky shot 35 three free throws. You think in a game like that, it'd be an automatic win and they shot 65 percent, which is just not acceptable for a team like Kentucky. Um
1: yeah, that's I mean, even throw the, that, sorry, that free throw shooting in overtime was disgusting. I mean. yeah. They, they deserve to lose. They deserve they to. Did.
0: Win. They did. And I mean, St. Peters, I mean, this is a team, to be honest. I mean, who do they play? Murray State? Like, I'm yeah. not going to be surprised if they go to the Sweet 16 and, m- and maybe even keep. I mean, this is kind of the. They remind me a lot of Oral Roberts, even, you know, with the seed. these They've got these guys who can shoot the ball really well. I mean, Doug Eddard, I mean, this guy's. <laughs> yeah, he was. Jesus. Miss. I mean, this guy is is as good as it gets. Daryl Banks, obviously, uh, a fantastic performance. And they're just a feisty team. I, I love what they're doing. I love the way they play. I think Kentucky, I think even you heard, you know, Coach Cal really, you know, he said it himself and like, they really took this game as a joke and just expected to run over St. Peter's and just was like, yeah, this is just our warmup for the next round, which in this tournament, you just got to learn that that's, that's never the case. And I mean, guys weren't ready to play. I mean, Ty Ty Washington, uh, a five point performance that's not acceptable from him. I mean, he's, you know, very highly regarded. Um, just a, a, a absolutely horrific performance. And for St. Peter's, I mean, these are the teams that, uh, you know, you don't expect to be good. And and all of a sudden they've got these guys that can't miss. And I'm very curious to see them play later today against uh, Murray state. I mean, I re- I, I, I'll, I, I'll be a honest. Really I,
1: Murray, a really good Murray state team though. And that Murray state San Francisco game might've been the might fir- might've been the game of the first round outside of this game. So, yeah.
0: Fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> I fell asleep oh. because I thought it was over. Marie State was up six and I, uh, I called it a night, which, uh, was not a good call on my end, but absolutely disgraceful loss from Kentucky. Um, you know, the Creighton game, I'm going to be honest, like Creighton San Diego state. I think we've kind of talked about Creighton's going to get blown out probably by Kansas. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, especially
1: really- – they might have had a shot if uh, if, their, if their star player hadn't gone down, but, you know, without their yeah. best players, it's not, not going to be pretty – you know, I think I want to give – I'm just going to give a quick shout-out to the St. Mary's team, who was disrespected a lot, I think, yeah, this game. And I think this is a team that beat Gonzaga earlier in the year. I mean, they're, they, they've they gotten – they they have a Gonzaga win. I think this is a really good team. I I think UCLA is going to beat them, but don't be surprised if the winner of that UCLA St. Mary's game gets to the Final Four because – I, I think really the winner of that game is is the favorite to come out of that region. So,
0: yeah, I mean that's the region with what Baylor uh, is eliminated. So North Carolina and then who's is the two seed Kentucky in that? Yeah, yeah. So St. Peter's. I mean that is.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean North fine. Carolina
0: shouldn't. I mean North Carolina once. uh you know whatever is brady you know whatever his last name is i'm blanking on it but uh once he you know brady Brady manic i mean that flagrant you know that's the only reason baylor was close in that game
1: that was that that was a gross that 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 was a gross officiating performance that was disgusting
0: yeah um arkansas vermont Eh, i'm good um (laughs) i do want to talk about this ucla game um against akron i mean this was a UCLA, I think, is a team that a lot of people, after their performance last year, really were high on, including myself. Like, I have this team in the Final Four, and, man, the Akron Zips, where it's actually where my dad went to college. um, You know, really strong performance defensively. I mean, this was just another one of those teams that was really feisty, and, uh, you know, once Freeman fouled out, it it really didn't go too well for the Zips. But, you know, are you worried about UCLA moving forward, or do you think this is just a case of – you know, a feisty first round team, given some trouble. I, I,
1: I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely worried about UCLA just because I, I mentioned, I think St. Mary's is a, is a really, really good basketball team. I mean, they shoot the ball as well as anybody and and I, I, they're excellent defensively. They're, they're a great defensive team. And I got to say, it, it, this isn't, This is another game where like the UCLA, the, the, the this lower city team wasn't m- nicking cheap baskets and whatnot. I mean, I, I think accurate. I, I thought, Agri was in control of this game, almost wire to wire, except for the last two and a half minutes. I thought this game was over at several points. I mean, I, I, I it's just like, I don't know, man. I you know, UCLA really had to have some last minute heroics to get the to win this game, and that that whole region is a complete a complete shit show. I'm just gonna say, it. I mean, total shit show. I mean, it's just like, I, I don't know who's gonna come out of that. I think St Mary's honestly might be the favorite at this point.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be, I mean, that UCLA St. Mary's game, like we said, is going to be uh very important. I mean, tough loss for the zips. I mean, that would have been the, the biggest school win in history for them. So, you know, you hate seeing teams like that go down, but I mean, what a performance and yeah, like late game heroics, Tiger Campbell really uh, took over at the end of this game. I mean, Johnny Juzang was nowhere to be found in this game. I mean, and that, I mean, if he plays like that against St. Mary's, St. Mary's is going to run over UCLA. So, um, we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, it was a, it was a good performance from uh, from Akron. Um, I mean, moving on. I know I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really watch much of the Murray State game, but um, you know what, what? were your thoughts on this game? I, I don't think I'm going to be honest. I don't even know if I watched a second of it. To be honest, uh, not good. Yeah, but Murray yeah. State 32 and two. I didn't know. That. I, I,
1: I think I think it sucks that these two teams are matched up with each other in the first round because they did, both deserve to be seated way higher than they are. And it was kind of a lazy decision from the committee to match these two really good sort of like high major teams against each other. I think it was kind of like a bailout because these teams both could have made sweet 16 runs. These teams are both really, really good. I mean, San Francisco, Jeremy in San Francisco, this guy, he, he couldn't miss. He could not miss at the end of this game. And it, it was really competitive. I think, San Francisco really might've even been the better team. Murray state made some really tough shots towards the end of this game, but Jeremy Buya, I mean, that guy has to be an NBA player to me. I mean, I don't think I've seen that or Jamari, Bouia, sorry. sorry. I don't think I've ever seen something like that. This guy was, he could not miss at the end of this game.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wish I was watching. I wish I didn't fall asleep. So I really have no insight to provide on this game. Um, Murray state, St. Peter's. That's going to be a, a great, a great game. Though, I can tell you that. Um, all right. Moving on to the next. I mean, tough loss for Loyola Chicago. I mean, really Williamson. I mean, he had nothing Ohio state defensively looked really good. And uh, man, uh, I think that was a popular upset pick, but this Ohio state team is, uh, you know, one that I think, you know, had a really rough end to their season, but now they're healthy. They got, you know, Kyle Young back, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know if they're good enough to beat Villanova. Um, But uh, I mean, that was definitely a strong performance and uh, you know, Loyola Chicago, we'll see what happens. Um, Tough loss though. You know for
1: them, yeah. Loyola just cannot. I, I, I think I, I'm still a believer in the Loyola program. I think that they still like the way that they run things over there. They, they just couldn't get a shot to fall yesterday at all. I mean, they just yeah. not even their open looks.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, U, USC Miami, I, I didn't watch much of, uh, to be honest. Um,
1: and I, you know, I, I just think USC has to get some tournament wins at some point because. They made the tournament each like the last seven years. But they they had, had
0: some last year. Didn't they make the elite eight last year?
1: I I think only did they?
0: Are you sure? I about think because they had Evan Mobley last year. I know that team kind of yeah, went on a run. On, let, let me see. Tournament? Are you sure they were eliminated in the round of thirty-two? Pretty sure. Yeah. You could be right. I'm checking right now. Here we go.
1: No, yeah, you are right. You are right. You are right. I'm an idiot, but yeah, I think think one year though. But they they, they, six in the last seven years. Then yeah, I believe they've been eliminated on round on weekend one. But I mean, a lot of teams were calling this team fraudulent. I thought they were going to at least be able to beat Miami, but sucks that they that they couldn't. Uh, I just want to say something. I think Texas Tech has a claim to be the best team in this tournament. I think that they're the, by a wide margin the best defensive team in the country, and I think that Texas Tech Gonzaga matchup in the Sweet 16 is going to be probably the best game of the tournament. Uh, I, I think Timmy and Chet versus that uh, that Gonzaga, that Texas Tech front court is going to be unbelievable to see.
0: For sure, um, I mean this is this game was a as someone who had Illinois in one of my brackets in the Final Four. <laughs> A, a nightmare to watch, but I mean, this was, uh, Illinois just had an, a disgraceful performance in this one. I mean, this was, they deserved they, deserve they deserved to absolutely to lose. I mean, they weren't hitting their threes. I mean, 17% from 3.3 three <laughs> for 17, 59% from the line. They had 16 or no, it's not 16 turnovers. 14 turnovers. I mean, I, I don't even know how they pulled this one off. You know, Chattanooga, um, Oh, I mean, tough loss for them. They just really, you know, Malachi Smith had a good game, but they they just couldn't they couldn't do it in the end. And I mean, Alfonso Plummer, this guy hit some of the clutchest shots. I mean, he missed a few, but he hit so many shots for them. Um, and Kofi Coburn. I mean, it, it's they did a really good job stopping him. And and you look at the stats; he still had a, a strong performance. He is just probably one of the harder, you know in terms of game planning for a specific player in this tournament, I'd say he's one of the ones you have to focus on the most, because if you, if you let this guy just dominate you on the inside, Illinois is going to run over you. Um, I mean, Curbelo, I mean, he's a, this guy, and this happened last year too, with this guy. I mean, always watching this game. I mean, this guy is just, he tries to get so fancy with the dribbling. And this is just one of the things, I mean, I just get irritated with when I'm watching. I mean, he, turns up with the ball at least two or three times the game just from dribbling, just from trying to get too cute with it and losing control of the basketball. Um, you know, but he is a difference maker for them. You see the plus minus when he's on the floor or point differential is, is, is big. I mean, he is a great player. Can't shoot the basketball. Can't really dribble. I mean, he dribbles well, but lose the ball. I don't know. That's a little rant, but uh, you know, Coleman Hawkins also, I mean, some of those alley-oops to him. I mean, I don't know how he like caught the ball. I mean, they were, some of those passes were hey, not good. He had a, a really strong performance player. though. And, uh, player though, I think Griff, I think he's going to be a, a good player in the future. He was the done. difference maker for them in this game. If, if we're being honest, he Dude, like without him, they, they were in some trouble.
1: Do you know who his most famous high school teammate is? I don't. Jalen green. Funny enough. Really? Yeah.
0: He went to Did Jalen green go to IMG.
1: No prolific prep. in like California, it's, huh. a, it's like a basketball school. And they were, uh, they're pretty good until uh, the covid canceled their senior year but yeah.
0: Wow. Interesting, interesting
1: tidbit. All right.
0: Um I mean what else is there to talk about? Um Iowa State, that was a good game. Iowa State's got some shooters. I mean this team can
1: I, hit I got threes. Iowa State. I got Iowa State going to the Elite 8. I got the Iowa Elite State. 8. Intre- I've, I've been beating
0: Wisconsin, back. but uh I, I
1: have a meeting uh all, I have a meeting both Wisconsin and Auburn. So yeah. I think interesting. I think I think the big 12 despite Baylor's loss today is is still the best conference in college basketball. And I think I have faith. I think TCU is going to give Arizona some, some problems too, for sure.
0: Yeah. TCU had a huge win. I was not expecting that Davidson, Michigan state. That was a great game came down to the wire and Colgate, Wisconsin. I mean, you know, Wisconsin kind of saved themselves at the end of that game. Colgate, you know, strong performance. You know, real quick, we'll talk about this game. There's a lot to talk about, so uh, we won't focus on this too much. But, I mean, what a what a comeback. What a, you know, this is probably the game of the tournament potentially so far, one of them. I mean, stuff tough to say really and pinpoint in pinpointing an exact game. I mean, there's been so many good games. Um, I mean, what, Baylor somehow coming back here. Adam Flagler, what, what a performance. I mean, he really brought them back. Uh, I mean, what were your thoughts on this game? And uh, I was definitely surprised North Carolina pulled this one off in the end. I thought yeah, once it hit overtime, I,
1: I mean, win. I, as someone who watched this whole game, I mean, I know big accomplishment over here, right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I, I, th- I think this game was killed. I'm sure you you will agree with me that this game was killed until uh, that, that that awful ejection on Brady Manic. And I, I mean, I think this is the first game I've ever questioned whether the game was rigged until <laughs> he got some makeup calls at the end. But I think UNC, uh, with Brady Maddock playing, is a threat to potentially win the entire tournament. Uh, this is a team that when they're playing at their best can beat everybody. We saw them crush Durham Duke in Durham a couple weeks ago. I mean, I think this is a very good team with several NBA players. Leaky Black, I know, uh, had a little bit of a had a little bit of a (laughs) game today, especially that past the end. But he when, when he's on, he's a real contributor. Uh, R.J. Davis with 30 points in that clutch and one was huge. And and Brady Manick is one of the best players in this tournament uh, yeah. when, when, when he's allowed to play. Uh, I mean, he had 26 and 20 minutes. This guy was not missing. Uh, and, and, and Baylor really was saved by the refs in this game. I mean, 9-0 run in the first minute after Brady Manick went out. This game was over until that ejection call, which I still think is, is BS. And uh, I think North Carolina has a really good chance of getting to the final four.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a, a great UNC team, like you said. I mean, Brandy Manick, that uh, you know really changed the game. And one thing I'll say, I mean, Bekot Bekot um, Bekot, I mean Baycott. that dude almost sold the game for them. I mean, this guy needs to work on his free throws. It was a he's future performance. NBA, he, he's
1: an great. NBA player, Griff. Isn't that the scariest part?
0: Uh, he is. I, I'll be honest. I think he's not going. If he goes to the NBA, he's not doing anything. I mean, that was. A,
1: he's been there. You, you can't hate on him that much. He's been there, but he's been one of their best players all season long. But yeah, he can't. He, he's he's a terror. He's the worst part is he's a seventy. Uh, he's a seventy percent free throw shooter.
0: Yeah, I mean he was just a mess. Um, tough loss for Baylor. I mean they were in foul trouble so early in this game. I mean Matthew Meyer. Um, I mean with with fifteen minutes to play in in the fourth or the second half. Um, I mean Matthew Meyer had four fouls. Flo Thamba was up there with the fouls. I mean I,
1: I gotta say Matthew Meyer had his fifth foul about seven different times in this game, and he kept getting away with it. What was that charge call? What was that charge call? I don't get it. Uh, Baylor, the refs did everything they could to give Baylor this game, and they still couldn't hand it. And I think the fact that UNC was able to re, uh, you know, rebound in overtime, despite the blown lead, it was a really impressive coaching job. So uh, I, I think UNC is a good shot to win it all.
0: We will see for sure. They've got uh, the winner of St. Mary's versus uh, UCLA next, I believe. Um, So that'll be good. Um, And with that, that will do it for the round of 64 coverage. Um, We'll probably find some way to film something about the round of 32. And then I would guess that uh, after each round or so, we'll put out a video on our second channel, OTA Clips, kind of breaking down what has happened. um, So we can kind of devote the podcast to other things. Such as, you know, we wanted to do a mock draft this week. We're going to postpone that to next week. There's just too much to talk about this week. So we'll do our next mock draft next week, which definitely is going to be very different with all these trades. David Ajabo suffered a torn Achilles. uh, Just awful. Um, So obviously that's going to alter things. I mean, there's so many different things. But uh, with that, we're going to talk about the NFL. The NFL is king, they say. And uh, I mean, it really proved true this weekend. I mean, it stole all the headlines from every single day of March Madness, I would say. Um, we'll start with Tom Brady returning. Um, I mean, I I don't think a lot of people are surprised by this. I think a lot of people predicted that, you know, he was not going to be able to resist and and not play, but he's back. Uh, and you know, he, he immediately made his impact felt with the Buccaneers. They re-signed Chris Godwin's back to a three or $60 million deal. His center, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Ryan, Jensen is back on a three or $30 million deal. Um, You know, they they did lose some guys. Jordan Whitehead went to the Jets, O.J. Howard to the Bills. Um, They signed Russell Gage as well. I mean, Carlton Davis, too. I forgot about him. That was a big one. Alex Cowell, but they lost. So they lost some guys. But overall, uh, I mean, changes the whole landscape of the NFC South. And, you know, the NFC South, you know, yesterday, it seemed like would be adding Deshaun Watson and be adding that. But now all of a sudden, it it seems like Tom Brady has got himself a uh, absolute walk uh, to a division title. Um, I mean, your thoughts on Brady's retirement, and it definitely shakes up the NFC a little bit. Um, obviously, the Devonte Adams trade does that as yeah, well. Yeah, I
1: mean, right? I think the Rams and the Bucks again are the two best teams Of the NFC. Uh, I think losing Mondo, the Niners,
0: the Niners. I
1: think, don't. I think losing the Niners are good. It all depends on Trey Lance, though. I think yeah. that, that the Niners have a wild have a wild card. They don't have a sure thing at QB. QB, uh, yeah. and I think. I think, you know, the the Rams and the Bucs do. And I think they're the two best teams in the conference again. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brady get a cakewalk past the Super Bowl, to be honest. Uh, I think he's smart. I think he understands that the AFC is the much stronger conference at this point in time. Uh, I think he understands that the NFC East is still extremely weak. Cowboys have become extremely weak. Uh, I think the Packers aren't that good, to be honest. I don't really understand the approach of paying Devontae Campbell and Aaron Rodgers. And then I understand Devon, uh, 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 Devontae obviously just didn't want to be there,
0: Yeah, which is that's really perplexing
1: I mean. to me. I guess he I wonder if there's a deteriorating relationship between him and Rodgers. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on there. I think, I think there's, there's, there's two aspects of it. I think he's always wanted to play for the Raiders and obviously he has a good relationship with Derek Carr. Because they played together for four years in college, so I think that's that's certainly the case. I think him and Rogers probably still have a good relationship, but I I I, I just think the, I I don't know about that contract they gave him though. To be honest, uh, I don't know if I'm good at a look. And yeah, I mean, I, I, we've sort of shifted to Devonte Adams talk here, but I think that's was sort of inevitable. Given I think I I don't know if there's too much to talk about about Tom Brady's return. Yeah. I'm not really that surprised. I mean, 40 days. Uh, there is something that there was something that leaked and everybody kind of knew the day before he was talking to him. Um, the Ronaldo he, video. Yeah, yeah. He's talking to um Ronaldo at the Manchester United match, news. he was basically just saying, I don't think I'm done. So it's not really too much of a surprise. The guy wasn't I think I think he's gonna go out of the Super Bowl win, however long that takes him, to be honest with you. I think I think he could play to like 47 if he doesn't get a super bowl win in the next couple of years. Uh yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think I agree. I mean, I think a lot of people saw this coming. I think it's pretty funny that it's happened. Um, I mean, this, this Bucks team is, yeah, they're going to walk to a division title. I mean, that division is an absolute disaster. I mean, it really seemed like Deshaun Watson was going to go to one of those teams. And I mean, the Falcons report surfaced today that Jarvis Landry and, Leonard Fournette, we're going to sign with the Falcons if it Deshaun was traded there. Gotta, so maybe yeah, they.
1: Yeah. Let, me, let me say something about. that. I think the Falcons avoided two bad contracts there. So. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 um,
0: I mean it, it's a weird situation with Brady. Um, uh, you know we'll see how long he plays. Um, Gronk should be back, I'm sure. Um, so you know he's going to walk to a division title. Obviously, I agree. I think they're one of the top three teams or so in in the nfc i think like you said the cowboys have they've just subtracted this offseason they haven't really brought anyone in that you know i I think they signed dante fowler if i'm not mistaken um to replace randy gregory which is just not 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 going to really do it um so we'll, we'll see to be honest with dallas i mean they who knows they lost amari cooper they lost uh Cedric Wilson, I believe they lost two. They, lo- I mean, they lost a, f- a few good guys. Um, really, not looking good for Dallas. Lyle Collins, they released two. I mean, Creighton up early. Really, how much? Four up, four six, and it's
1: him. But they're still uh, up.
0: Okay, well, I, I think that'll shift. But um, yeah, um, that that'll do it for Brady, and we'll just segue. I know we we'll talk about the Sean, but um, you know, we you kind of touched on it. the whole Devontae Adams trade to the Raiders, they traded a, their first round and their second rounder this year. Um, you know, I think this is the case for, like you said, with Devontae Adams. I don't think his, his, his uh, relationship with Rodgers is necessarily tarnished. I think this is, he just wants to play elsewhere, and, and he was ready to move on. And, you know, the Packers, it, it seemed like, you know, they were okay with that and they were going to take their first and second round pick. I mean, this is a team now, a Packers team with two first round picks. But the problem is they don't really have a true – you know, elite wide receiver. I mean, they've got these guys like Alan Lazard and, um, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantley is a, is a pre-agent at the moment. So not even him, Randall Cobb, I mean, uh, I mean, they're losing guys on defense. You know, they don't really have money to sign everyone. They lost to Z- Zedarius Smith, who was a big part of that defense. I don't know. We will see with the Green Bay Packers. But for the Vegas the Raiders, I mean, this is a, I mean, this is... A, this is a trait to me that propels them to, you know, this team can win the AFC West, if I'm being honest. Like, this is, all of a sudden, they, they I mean, their offseason so far has been fantastic. They signed Chandler Jones, and they traded for Devontae Adams. And you look at this offense with Derek Carr, who is, uh, you know, he, he's a very good quarterback, top 12 quarterback or so in the league. They've got Josh Jacobs. They've got, you know, now Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I mean, this is an insanely talented offense. I would argue the most talented offense in the AFC West at the moment, even potentially more. I don't know about that.
1: I don't know about that. I don't know about that.
0: I think the quarterback I, discrepancy I favors that. the chiefs. I think there's
1: a shot. I, I think that the Raiders are still the third best team in the division, to be honest. I, I
0: think, think I would agree with that. I think I'm, mean, but I'm saying they, before I think it was a consensus. They're the worst team in the division uh, after the Russell Wilson trade, but with the move they made of Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. I mean, this is a team that, I, I truly believe right now that the Denver Broncos are the worst team in that division. Um, I just think it depends. I think
1: we'll see how re- – it's so uh, much of it depends. Even on the, the Chiefs,
0: dude, I'll be honest. The Chiefs, that, that defense scares me with the Kansas City dude, Chiefs. You, to you have to understand
1: honest. them. What you have to understand is that the rest of these Chiefs are trying – the rest of these teams are trying to get to the place where the Chiefs already are.
0: Yeah, but uh, I agree. I think –
1: They have – as good as Justin Herbert is, as good as Russell Wilson is, the Chiefs still have Patrick Mahomes.
0: Well, and but the- Patrick Mahomes? I mean, he's not perfect. Like we saw in the playoff game that second I half mean, against he's the he's Bengals. He's perfect against he fell NFL apart. NFL. He's he's the perfect. I agree he's the best player in the NFL, but I, I, I think that – This division is is I think I don't think the Chiefs have a wide lead over anyone in this division anymore. don't
1: know. I definitely wouldn't say it's a wide lead, but if I had to pick a team to win the AFC West today, I'm still taking the
0: Chiefs. I agree with you. I'm not saying that the Chiefs are not the best team, but you know, this is a a division where all of a sudden any of these teams are are fair game. I mean, the Chargers defensively, they had Khalil Mack and JC Jackson, Sebastian, Joseph Day. I mean, it's they just added every elite defensive player they can find, essentially. The, you know, Broncos add Randy Gregory, Russell Wilson, the Raiders add Devonte Adams and Chandler Jones. I mean, this is a, you know, I, I think I, I'm, if I had to predict this division right now, I would say Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos is my order right now. Um. I don't know about the Broncos. I still don't know about the Raiders over the Broncos. I just, I do, I'm saying, I think this Denver Broncos offense has been completely overhyped. If I'm being honest, I, I think it is. Jerry I think it is the most and also the defense. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I, I think you units to are. I mean, <laughs> people are acting like this defense is has been top ten for some time, and it. it yeah,
1: but yeah, but but it, the addition of Pat Sertain pushed them into that top ten. They that's second- yeah, but
0: who's their second quarterback? Cornerback is you know, Ronald Darby. I mean. Against these yeah. AFC West teams, man, I mean, who all have, basic. I mean, the Chargers with Eckler, I guess, but the Chiefs and the uh, the Raiders they have three elite uh, juju, I guess. But like Chargers, Mike Williams and Allen. I mean, Williams and Allen. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. But all these teams have at least two pretty elite players, and potentially three. So you can't have just one elite quarterback. Okay, but
1: I would make the argument that the Chiefs, that the Broncos have a better defense than both that or than both the Chiefs and the uh,
0: uh, Raiders. I would agree. I would probably agree with that. Um, I, I'm just saying, I think people act like this Denver Broncos. I mean, I, I think with the Denver Broncos, the reason I can't put them ahead of the Raiders is these players on offense just haven't proven themselves. Um, and, and the Raiders players on offense have. I mean, you've got the best wide receiver in the NFL, Hunter Renfro, who's coming off a spectacular season. Darren Waller, who's a top three tight end in the uh, Top four. Uh, I'd say he's fourth. Uh, I'd say Andrews, Kelsey, and Kittler above him. So top four tight end. And, and, you know, I'm not doubting Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson's an elite player. I think I love Jonathan Williams. That wide receiver room, I think Jerry Judy potentially could be elite, but I just haven't seen that. If it, and I mean, and I think- if I see that, if week one, Russell Wilson throws for 400 yards, Jerry Judy goes for 150 and two touchdowns, I'm going to say the Denver Broncos are, are potentially the second best team in this division. I just got to see it first until I say it. So I think I, all four yeah, of these teams I will think, probably be in the playoffs, though. If I'm being honest, I just
1: think there's a significant drop off in quality from the other three quarterbacks to Derek Carr. Yeah,
0: that's right. I mean, you've got three of the top seven, six, seven, seven, seven. quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Derek Carr, who's a great quarterback, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll but see. I mean, the different. I think the trade of Devontae Adams for the Raiders it gives them a shot. Like it, it, it gives it makes their offense one where before it was a good offense to where it's now it's like, this is a potential elite offense that, that really yeah, could succeed here. I agree. All right. I mean, this might be the biggest news of the week and we haven't even <laughs> the Sean Watson. I mean, this is, Oh my God, where do we even start? I mean, so Cleveland seemed like they were out of it. And then yesterday news breaks that he's waving a straight you No, know, Sean Watson will be headed to Cleveland Browns. He's sending a five year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract. The Browns trade three first-round picks, a third-round pick next year, and then they swap a fourth for a fifth next year, or even it might be even the year after that. I mean, this is a insane trade. It seemed like he was headed to the NFC South, and all of a sudden he threw Sean Watson into the AFC with quarterbacks named Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Debra Carr, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I think mean, it is. is- <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on this trade, Rob? I mean, I mean, I just think yeah. cool stuff is obviously a, a, a big question mark here and, and makes this. I, the whole, that, yeah. The other... I think,
1: I just think everything that has to come with this trade, like I think obviously like on the football side, like there's nothing to critique negatively. Like, obviously I just think it's a question mark of like, can he keep himself out of trouble and like what's yeah. going to be the resolution of these civil lawsuits? I'm just, I'm not, giving an opinion either way. I'm just curious to see the question mark. And I think Griffin and I talked about this before. The Browns did have to give him that guaranteed money in, in order to get him. And from a football perspective, obviously, it makes it really – they they will they're probably the best team in the AFC North now. I still like the Ravens a lot. Yeah, um, the Ravens
0: are good
1: Yeah, I mean, them not being able to get Zedaria Smith is a big loss for them. But more than, I still do like that Marcus Williams signing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, obviously, from a football perspective, it's perfect. I think Deshaun and Amari is going to tear up the, the AFC. I'm just curious to see whether he can keep himself out of trouble for the duration of the contract. Because even my, my concern, Griff, is that even if the slightest thing pops up, like, it's it, it reflects negatively on him. Yeah.
0: I mean, if something more – yeah, I mean, obviously – I'll be honest in saying that I think there's a good chance he, he's going to receive a suspension of some kind. I don't yeah. know what that, that number will be, how many games he'll miss um, what the and result of these civil I, lawsuits.
1: Yeah. That probably depends yeah. on the outcome of the lawsuits, too. Yeah.
0: Which I mean, 22 civil lawsuits. I mean, that could take two years to, yeah. to get through yeah. at least. I mean, it could take yeah. three, four years. I mean, who knows when that process is going to be resolved. So it's very, it's a weird situation for sure. And, you know, that aside, I mean, the Cleveland Browns had to make this trade at the end of the day. I mean, the and we were talking about this before, but that game between the Buffalo Bills yeah. and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC division round, it showed that if you want to win in this league, you have to have an elite quarterback at this point. and that uh, a guy like Baker Mayfield just isn't going to cut it at this point. And, uh, you know, Cleveland, I think, realized that. And, uh, you know, was willing to risk losing their, you know, whole relationship with Baker, which for a day, it seemed like the Browns were in serious trouble that, you know, they were out on Deshaun and Baker requested a trade, but they pulled it off. And, you know, it's a franchise altering move for the Cleveland Browns in terms of the product on the football field. I mean, this team and, and they need to still work on their, you know, at the wide receiver position, they need they need another guy there that I think is a proven, you know, veteran wide receiver. I think if they could bring back Jarvis Landry, that'd be a great signing for them. Because, you know, just Amari Cooper, who is a great player, it, I think they just need another guy. But, you know, that that run attack paired with, you know, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and Deshaun Watson, you know, it, it's a scary sight. And, and they've got a solid defense. I don't think it's perfect. Um, I think they really need to bring back Jadeveon Clowney. I think that's got to be it you know, the forefront of their, their move, their, uh, you know, their, their moves right now, they got some picks. They'll get something for Baker. I mean, we'll talk about Baker in a quick second, but I mean, this is, uh, I mean, now it's like, where do you rank the Browns in the AFC? Because I still think I agree with you, like the, the chiefs, you've got the chiefs, the bills, I mean, probably I one or two of those better. other AFC North AFC West yeah. teams, you could even say over them. Yeah, so it's like, they're say, probably.
1: A top probably five say team I'd have, I'd have, the Chiefs over them, definitely. The Bills, yeah, definitely yeah. over them. I'd probably have the Ravens over them at this point. At this point, I want to see what the Browns do for the remainder of free agency. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd have the Chargers over them, and I think that's it as of right now. I think yeah. than, I think they're better than the Bengals, and I might even flop them. I might even put the Chargers at three and the Ravens at four. And, yeah, I think I think that's I mean, yeah, the,
0: I forgot even about the Bengals, but the Bengals, I mean – i mean we'll see with it i think they were i think they're a very good team um i think that defense played kind of better than they they should be playing in that playoff run and whatnot Uh, you know they lost cj uzama which i think is a much bigger subtraction than people potentially realize just out of leadership and and he was a really good player for them um i mean it's the afc is just bonkers at this point i mean it's One, the crazy thing is at least two of Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and which I feel like I'm missing one one of the quarterbacks. Not Tua. (laughs) Uh, I guess Derek Carr. Um, Carr. At least two of those quarterbacks will not make the playoffs because you've got the AFC. I mean, the AFC South is just a joke. I mean, that team, I mean – any of those teams are getting bounced immediately in the playoffs. I mean, the Carson Wentz, Maybe the Colts. The Colts the have Carson, a shot actually.
1: I, I got to say, the Carson Wentz trade, like, f- like messed up the whole trajectory of the Colts franchise. Yeah. Because, like, first off, he sucks. I don't care. I'm not going to hear your argument to the contrary. And, like, they don't have a quarterback. And you have yeah. to understand that um, uh, these guys in the NFL locker rooms aren't stupid. They understand that their livelihoods, their homes, their, mu- their salaries – are tied to the success of the quarterback and, you know, guys start to get unhappy when they feel as though they're not prepared in the quarterback room. And I think this is an issue the Colts have to solve and, and really soon. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if I were them. uh, I think if Matt Ryan really is disgruntled down in Atlanta and he has every right to be um, because he's a franchise legend and they really just treated, they've treated him like crap, you know, the past week, the Atlanta Falcons have. Uh, I think the Colts should really be going all in for Matt Ryan at this point. I think he's a much better option than Baker Mayfield. I actually think Matt Ryan is still pre- is really a pretty good quarterback still. I think he put up some solid production. I think he was pretty good playing behind a really, really bad O-line and not much help on offense outside of Cordero Patterson. I think he was yeah. put he was put in a situation like Indianapolis. I think he could really thrive. And I think that's the guy that Indianapolis should be going for. And obviously the the other option I mentioned him is Baker Mayfield. But uh, I think I'd prefer Matt Ryan over Baker at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean you've got kind of it seems three quarterbacks left to be moved and that's Jimmy G who at this point it really seems like the 49ers are just going to be stuck with him at this point. Um Matt Ryan who I mean it, it seems like the Falcons are going to try and restore that relationship. It's going to be But tough. the guy the one the one guy who I think, this, I think there's the the 49ers want to trade Jimmy G but I don't think they feel like they have to. And the Baker Mayfield is obviously gone. So Baker Mayfield it seems like he's either going to the Colts or the Seahawks from from what it is. I think the Colts trading for him would be a massive, a massive mistake because I think that's just – I think Baker Mayfield, there's just too many question marks in Baker Mayfield. I, I think Jimmy G is a better option. I mean, this is where it's tough because – Yeah,
1: I think – Jimmy Ryan G is –
0: Matt Ryan? You said yeah, – Yeah, I, I mean, so. obviously, I, I just – I'll be honest, I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to get traded. Like, I think I think he's going to get stuck in Atlanta, which sucks for him because I, I I think if you put him on the Colts, the Colts are right in that mix in the AFC I all of a sudden. And, I, I agree. And and yeah, they yeah. can win because he's still a good quarterback, and, and that Colts team is built to win. I mean, they, they, I'm surprised the Colts didn't go out and spend so much money with all the cap they had. But that's a totally different uh, discussion. But, um, I mean, you got Jimmy G, who you kind of know what you're going to get, but it's not very good. It's kind of like a cart. Would you say it's an upgrade over Carson Wentz? Like maybe I the same.
1: I think it's definitely a slight upgrade, but it's like you said, it's not good enough to move the needle for them. I think really if like I said, if Matt Ryan is an element, it's a huge if that's the guy they gotta go for. Cause yes. no one else is good enough to push the is good enough to push them into that uh next yeah. year. which is I
0: mean, then the thing with Baker Mayfield is he could be solid and be better than a guy like Jimmy G and be better than Carson Wentz. But I mean, Baker Mayfield, there's just been, I mean, you could get it. It could be an absolute disaster and you're not going to want to extend him and you just lose, lose more draft capital and lose another year out of Quinn and Nelson, out of Jonathan Taylor, out of Darius Leonard, out of, you know, this team's got to win now. I mean, they have all these guys in their prime, all these elite players who are some of the best at their position, Quinn and Nelson, the best guard in the NFL, Darius Leonard, top few linebacker um, in the NFL, um, Jonathan DeForest Kyle. Buckner, one of the best D tackles, I mean, yeah. Jonathan Taylor, the best running backs, like, you've got – it's very rare to see a team with, like, four guys who are – like, they,
1: they, they they really screwed themselves um, trading for Carson Wentz last year. They really did. They really should have just taken one of the rookie quarterbacks. They'd be in a much, much better spot, I think. And I understand why they didn't, but, oh, man, I can't believe – that this is a team that was on the doorstep. They really were. They were on the doorstep of 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 knocking on up on them. You know, they were knocking on that Chiefs tour, that Buffalo Bills tour. and they decided that Carson Wentz, a first rounder, was the was the move that they just had to make. I don't get it. And I said this at the time last year that Carson is not good enough, and I cannot believe that they gave us a first rounder for this because how bad does that just losing that first rounder look now? Imagine what they could be using that first rounder for. I mean, it is unbelievable that they decided to trade for Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz is just the epitome of mediocrity. I mean, Jesus, boy, am I happy that Washington traded for him. Let me just say that.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, before we move on to the MLB, NFL free agency did happen, so I feel like we got to touch on an, at least a, you know a few of these. I mean, real quick before I want to talk on you know signings that you think can really move the needle for some of these teams, but I want to get your thoughts on the the Jacksonville Jaguars and and. The moves that they made because, uh, I mean, they had some, some ones where I was like, all right, I, I mean, I, I'll just be honest Christian Kirk. I mean, <laughs> what are your thoughts on, on the Jaguars, especially Christian Kirk's deal?
1: I mean, listen, God bless the Jaguars. <laughs> you know, they're getting, uh, they're getting some guys paid that normally wouldn't get paid like this. Look, I, I think the clowning on Christian Kirk specifically has been a little bit unfair. Uh, I don't gonna,
0: I mean he's never reached a thousand yards. He's I don't think he's a bad senior.
1: player. I think he was gonna, I mean, have they massively overpaid him? Yes. But he was gonna, he's the type of guy that uh, at this day and age gets 15 million a year on the open market. I mean 21 million a year, maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe not that much. The one that I don't understand is paying Zay Jones 10 million dollars. <laughs> I mean, at least Christian Kirk, we've seen. We haven't seen you know him as the number one guy in the offense. Maybe he can thrive. But Zay, Zay Jones, Jones has
0: a good play good play every four weeks.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> like Jesus. I, I Zay Jones, I don't understand that. Um, I, I, I kind of respect the fact that they are trying to build around Trevor, though. I I, I get I, I do like this fact that they're spending and not being cheap. Um I, I think this is the real make it or break it year for Trevor Lawrence. Uh I think. He's going to have an actual offen- uh, an actual coach that's going to try to play to its strengths rather than, I mean, objectively one of the worst coaching stints in NFL history. Uh, I, I think that whole offensive coaching staff is going to be really good for him, um, and I think I think just surrounding Trevor with NFL caliber players, which they will do through the draft too. Like you just have to understand, like like these players on the Jaguars last year were not up to par to play against defenses in the NFL. Like you could not, pro- and, and neither was the offensive scheme. Um, I, I, I think that uh, this is the real make or break gear for Trevor. And I, I, I have to make a prediction. I know you're not a big fan, but I, I think he is going to end up thriving this season. Uh, and, and I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong who've been sort of doubting him.
0: I'll be honest. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is came into the NFL at a really tough time because I, I don't think. I think the team around him is still atrocious. I, I think it's, you know, they may be yeah. improved, but it's still an awful team. And I I still don't believe Trevor Lawrence is on the level of, of those eight guys we just mentioned. And I, I just think he's in an error where I, I just don't know if he's ever going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, I, I he might prove me wrong. But
1: you got to give him time, I think, to say that. I think
0: like I don't like.
1: But I think, like, he's not, just like...
0: Just look at what these... Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, they're in, they're in year two. They just had their second year, and they are in that yeah, conversation. Yeah, look at the... Ro- you know, compare the rosters around them. Compare the rosters around them. Well, that, but that's part of the whole reason why he's not gonna, like... The Jacksonville sure, but Jaguars, he, with their sure, but free assuming, agency... You're
1: assuming he'll never leave Jacksonville number one, and you're also assuming that... I think it's gonna take them years to build. I think Trevor... I, I, I gotta say, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in Trevor Lawrence. I really am. I think... I watch him with, I think when you watch it with an actual coaching staff, I think he's going to be able to perform. I think you mentioned it though. Look at, look at the position he was put in last year. I think it's. yeah.
0: I'm not blaming him for last year, but I'm, but part of the reason, I'm not saying like, I just think with these, you got to look at these teams around him and, and this free agency did him no help because they're committing most of the guys they signed are on three-year deals or so. So, you know, maybe they get a, you know, cut after two, but for the next two, they're stuck with all these guys who are mediocre. I mean, it's just, you're tick chewing more years off his prime. Like he's not going to win a Super Bowl in Jacksonville in the next two years, obviously. Will this team be a playoff team in his final year? Maybe because the division is, is just not good. I mean,
1: but meanwhile, Griff, (laughs) meanwhile, Griff, Justin Justin Herbert has never made the playoffs. So what about that?
0: Well, I think is Justin Herbert's defenses these last two years have been, outside of a few players, pure disgusting. Um
1: I don't know if that's a good metric by how we can like evaluate quarterback success getting to the getting to and winning the Super Bowl because like I think Justin Herbert Well
0: the, I'm not evaluating his success by that. I'm just saying like I, I just don't see him winning a Super Bowl with all these eight quarterback. Like I, I just I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't see him getting to that level of these eight quarterbacks from what I've seen from rounds, him in his and college and days. And,
1: Griff, I have some interesting Browns quarterback trade news. Oh God! Uh, the Browns are trading Keys, Kay, Case Keenum to the Bills for a 2022 seventh round pick. <laughs> oh,
0: okay, that's good, but that's the <laughs> salary cut that they they needed to yeah. make, to be honest. So, um, yeah. oh, Jameis had a suffers a setback, and his status is beyond uncertain. <laughs> good God! So yeah. Jimmy G might end up in New Orleans Saints at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just think, like you said, the AFC is insanely sacked. I don't know. The Ravens are really good if they remain healthy. If they remain healthy, the Ravens are really good. Um, They need a wide receiver. They need, 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 need a wide receiver. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know. They can never stay healthy. They would have walked to a division title if they were healthy last year, I think uh yeah. and they, just, they, they just couldn't stay healthy uh and i don't know how i feel about the Bengals, griff i don't know how i feel about them
0: yeah i mean their offense is still elite but they've made some moves to the old line this defense i don't know i'm a little skeptical still about the defense and i th- i mean i think we both agree that with the afc the way it is right now that was their shot to win the super bowl for you know that they, they had their shot right yeah there. and uh you know, unless you're, I mean, Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback. I think Joe, Joe Burrow is very interesting though, because I think Joe Burrow is the type of player that he can, he, you know, he literally is, is just capable of winning any, any single game. And I know most of these quarterbacks are, but like, if I'm if I'm in the playoffs and and it's Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow, like I want Joe Burrow, like and Joe Burrow just proved that he is. Uh, that I don't guy.
1: know about that. I don't know, Griff. I think I
0: know you. Do. You're not you're not as big on Joe Burrow as I. think No, no,
1: no. I am. I'm a big. You don't understand. I'm a huge Joe Burrow
0: fan. I think you're just a huge, bigger Justin Herbert.
1: I'm a bigger Justin Herbert fan. Yeah. definitely. I think Justin Herbert
0: is. But like, like you said, he's never made the playoffs.
1: Right, but but I was using it as a good example. That uh, that's not how you can, you, you can. That's not how you can evaluate quarterbacks. Herberts,
0: he he couldn't find a way to win that last game. I don't know. He converted he he had... six fourth downs. He converted. No, it still six wasn't fourth. good enough. It wasn't uh, good enough. I guess. Uh, um. Real quick.
1: <laughs> I, I guess Joe Burrow's. Uh. uh Joe Burrow's defense getting an interception in overtime was all his doing.
0: I don't know. Um. All right. Real quick, because I do want to talk about MLB. Um. Miller, um, you know, the, the Bills had a heck of a free agency. They, they obviously signed Von Miller to a massive contract. Um, and, you know, they, they made some other moves as well. Do you think Buffalo at this point is the uh, the favorite for the Super Bowl title, or are you still favoring a team like the Chiefs? I still think that the Chiefs are
1: the best team in the AFC. Um, I think as long as the Bills have to go to Arrowhead, which seems like it'll be for the rest of the time, uh, that the Chiefs are the I don't other- know, though, because –
0: that AFC I, West is just I so stacked. Bro. There's I no know. free wins like, in there.
1: I just can't like, like every time people start to doubt the Chiefs, they just come out better. Like I still think like I'm gonna say something bold, and it's also gonna just make me sound like a salty like hater. But like they were the best team in the NFL last year by like a considerable margin. I think. And I don't know. They were the Rams. They the Rams. That, those
0: I. I... Those wide receivers, I mean, that's why I think that the Juju signing is a lot bigger.
1: There's a really – I I think that the C.H. pick was really questionable
0: at the time, especially considering that they were – Oh, no, that – I mean, he's – he didn't even play in the playoffs. But the other thing is, like,
1: not only, like, we understand, you and I, about, like, positional – like, they had a running back that was good. They had a good running back. Damian Williams was very good that year. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, they could have improved at receiver. Michael Pittman was taken with what like the next pick, right? Uh in the second
0: round, yeah. Yeah. They could have yeah. had they could have had uh, I believe that was the Jonathan Taylor crap as well.
1: Uh well he, I mean, yeah, and just not good. Like this is what I mean. And Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he was the best in all sports, the people's perception of front office fluctuates so so much because like all of a sudden Brett Veach and Andy Reed and I'm a big Andy Reed guy. You know, I am, but they're geniuses yeah. because they, they happen to draft maybe the most talented player in the history of the sport. Like, you know, yeah. it's
0: like, well, yeah. I think with Creighton, the chiefs, I mean, Creighton's still up on Kansas. Creighton's still up. What, on how, how many are they up? Uh,
1: up one, four and a half left in the first half.
0: I think Kansas will win de- de- um, de- de- um, Creighton,
1: You're hating on Creighton Griffin. Creighton, I need Kansas.
0: Up. So, um, I mean, I, I think with the Chiefs, um, I think that Juju Smith Schuster signing was fantastic. I mean, th- I think this yeah, this season and that and that Bengals game to me needed to mark the era of these fast, speedy wide receivers only. I think Tyree Kill is separate because he's just such a talent; is sensational. But you know, Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, as good as those guys were, Byron, they I just think, weren't good.
1: I think Byron Pringle Pringle is good enough. The issue is he signed away. He he's signed away. Him. Yeah, inside the way
0: the Bears, right? Was it the yeah. Bears or the yeah? yeah. So I, I just don't think those guys were good enough to get the job done, and I think Juju Smith Schuster's. Uh, they just needed a different, a, a, a different type of, of receiver, and I think Juju. I mean, we saw what he did with Antonio Brown. He's more than capable of being breaking
1: news. Breaking news. Uh, Stafford and Rams contract extension. How many years? Uh, details aren't specified yet. Or er, wait, ah. Uh, yeah, details not specified yet.
0: I thought it was going to be something else. I thought it was going to be Baker, but yeah. um, imagine they keep Baker to be the backup and just like yeah. s- stick it to yeah, him. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I mean, it won't. Ha- that would be the most idiotic thing to do because they actually could get some day two picks for Baker. So
1: Baker would um, tank. Baker would also if Deshaun got hurt, Baker would tank the entire season. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. But, yeah, I mean, I think Juju's a great signing. I think, uh, you know, that that was a big move. And I think they've worked – I mean, cornerback, it, it doesn't help you lose Tarverius Ward. I mean, they, we'll see what they do in the draft. I'm curious to see. But I think they need to go majority defense. And they lose the Honey Badger for – you know, Justin Reed's a great player, but mm, I don't yeah, like that they lost uh, the Honey tough. Badger. I mean,
1: I think Justin Reed definitely mitigates some of that damage done by losing Honey Badger. But yeah. he, he's re- he really is one of those irreplaceable players. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, you want to shift to MLB?
0: Yeah, let's shift to MLB. Um, right. I mean, I mean, I I th- could... let's just start with the nles because I know that's what we both want to talk about the most. Yeah. Um, the the you know Braves obviously this week, you know, I mean they are having a fantastic off season. I mean they trade for Matt Olson, which obviously ends the pretty Freeman era, but Matt Olson's a superstar player. They extend him on a a very very good contract for them. I mean, the Braves are just so good at getting these. I feel bad. I mean, the reason they're able to sign i mean, they signed Kenley Jansen to a one-year $16 million deal. They signed Colin McHugh, who's a great believer. They bring back Eddie Rosario. Um, but, the, I mean, those contracts with Ozzy Alves and Ronald Acuna just gives them so much flexibility, and you just got to feel for those guys. I mean, Ronald Acuna is, is losing out on hundreds of millions contract. of dollars.
1: It's going to end up being one of the worst contracts in Major League Baseball
0: history. Yeah. Well, best for the team, worst field player. Yeah. yeah Ozzy Albies might be even worse. I mean, seven years, like $35 million. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but um, the Phillies go ahead and add Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber to, I think, what will be the worst defensive team, one of the better, uh, you know, slugging teams in the MLB. Um, it's going to be, the Phillies are going to be fun to watch because, I mean, I always love a good Phillies defense meltdown. And I think this year it's going to be, I think that defense is going to be, would you say that you think it'll be one of the worst defenses in the MLB?
1: I think it'll probably be the worst defense, Major League <laughs> Baseball. But I, I'm here to tell you right now, I, I, I don't care. I don't care.
0: So uh, what do you think? at least right now? What? How do you have it stacking up? Obviously the you know Marlins and Nats you got to kind of count out, but between yeah, the Mets, I, Phillies, I, and Braves, I, I, what what is the pecking I, order for you? I,
1: I would probably still have us third, to be honest. But I also think that the Mets and Braves are two of the top three teams in the NL. So I'd probably have us like near the top of the NL regardless, to be to be honest. Yeah. Uh like yeah, I'd probably say Braves, Mets, Phillies in that order. Um, but I could see the Braves and the Mets. Like I could definitely see the Phillies in the wild card game for sure. Um not a lot of game, series now, a series man. A guess. Game, series, 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 series. That was I was you saw my face. I was about to correct myself. Yeah. Series. I can definitely see us in the minor league season. I think, like, we just need to add it. The Phillies' ceiling is really high because if if Noah comes out like he did, if Zach Eflin can avoid injury, all of a rota- all of a sudden that rotation is looking scary. Because Ranger Suarez, listen, listen, listen to me, listen. to me. <laughs> Ranger Suarez, Ranger Suarez was one of the best pitchers in nas- in the National League in the second half last year. He was, yeah. he was, and he's our number two guy. Listen. Aaron Nola if Aaron Nola regains form and you have today
0: wasn't a good start for that (laughs) listen
1: listen 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 listen. spring training it doesn't count uh Zach Eflin has to stay healthy but our bullpen is absolutely atrocious
0: Jesus we need another I honestly think it could be it's such a coin flip it could I think it could be bottom three in the league or like Above average. It's not gonna be a top ten, but like
1: it depends on how Jarrus Jarrus familiar the uh <laughs> I can't
0: believe he's a Philly. The I'm Phillies, so excited for those games.
1: And the other thing is that the Phillies aren't exactly signing model citizens this offseason. Uh you know, <laughs> their decision to remain. And the worst part is it's not even like oh god, I'm not even, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. It's just I'm not a fan of uh, the, the, that Adubo Herrera signing because I think he's a terrible baseball player and a terrible human. But, yeah, like I think we're still not as good as the Braves and the Mets just because it's hard to compete, you know, at the defending World Series champions as well as uh, Scherzer and DeGrom. But I think DeGrom's health is obviously going to be something to monitor over there. I think a lot of that, like a lot of the Mets season rides on that. What do you think, or you think he's going to stay healthy all in 62 this I year? I think
0: – I feel pretty confident in, in Jacob DeGrom's health this year, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, I think that the end injury with – you know, he had some elbow issues, obviously. Um, but the previous injuries were – you know, uh, it was it was a cause of the hitting. and he got hurt hitting, and it just kept re-aggravating itself and stemming to the rest of the, his body. So I think the DH is honestly going to help him a lot, um, as good of a hitter as he was and as, as much as I'm going to miss him hitting. Um I agree with you in the pecking order with, uh, you know, you can't, I, I can't say the Mets are better than the Braves. Uh, they've had such a good off season and they just won the world series. So you, I, I just can't say that even as much of a Mets fan as I am. I'm worried about the, this whole vaccine mandate is, is scary though um, with the New York Mets. Um, I mean, this is the same thing, the sector with mandate no, that's affecting Kyrie Irving and now is, is supposedly going to stop unvaccinated players for the Mets and Yankees for playing, which, I mean, Aaron Judge, I don't believe, is vaccinated. I, I, Brandon Nimmo, I'm pretty sure. There's rumors about Jacob DeGrom. I mean, it would be... I mean, the whole mandate is... is it's, it's insane that this thing still exists, especially that it applies to outdoor sports, I think is insanity. Um, indoor, I, I can understand, but outdoor sports, I mean, it's just... At some point, you just got to. I mean, I mean, where's the science in that? But I think the Mets right now, you have to put them above the Phillies. I'm, I'm a little worried about the Mets lineup, if I'm being honest. Um,
1: that feels line, Griff. That feels lineup. If if Segura is the same as same player he was last year, you got to imagine they're they're one of the best lineups in baseball. I mean. Yeah, I mean.
0: Uh, You've got guys like Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins. I mean, he's kind of a home run strikeout type hitter, but
1: well, I mean, he was yeah, but he was going to hit forty dingers before he got hurt last year, Griff. I mean, he no, was, uh, he's a
0: very good power hitter. I'm not taking that away from him. Um, they've got they've got a fantastic lineup. I think with the Phillies, it, it's just the pitching. And, I mean, the defense. You got to think. I'm not worried about their defense. I mean, it's going to be bad. I think it's probably going to lose them a, a few games in the season, most yeah, likely. I mean, yeah. Um, but their lineup is so good that it, it, it's worth it at the end of the day to have a defense like that because adding Castellanos and Schwarber is just it's insanity to that lineup. I think the Phillies lineup is probably it, it is the best in the NL East if we're being honest here. I mean the Braves is good, but the Phillies is probably the best. I I just am, the pitching I think is what gives the Mets the edge over the Phillies because I think that Mets rotation if that Mets rotation is healthy, I think you've got you've got two of the top three or four pitchers in the baseball. You've got Chris Bassett, who's an all-star. And then I'm going to say one of Time One Walker, or Carlos Crass, is going to have a solid year. And the other is probably going to be an absolute disaster. And Tyler McGill will end up starting or David Peterson. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say one of those two at the end is gonna be solid. Um, and that bullpen for the Mets. I mean, I'm definitely frustrated they didn't really add more. They signed Chase and Shreve to so a minor league deal to address the left-handed, you know. I, I Ugh, um, I definitely think they're missing another, another guy back there. I mean, Diaz is a heart attack waiting to happen. Seth Lugo. Hopefully he has a bounce back here. Trevor May was pretty good last year. Um, you know, they've got some other guys out there. Miguel Castro had a pretty good year. Um, and, you know, I, I feel four confident one, in that. All
1: right. Sorry. Four years, one sixty on the Stafford
0: contract. Good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it. I I think with the Phillies, the pitching is. I mean, Zach Wheeler, you're already here. He might be out for Opening Day. I don't really know what. I mean, he now he got even. Did he get sick and now is more delayed too?
1: Yeah, I think he'll be like. I think by like a couple weeks into the season, he'll be good to go. Though, so I'm not too concerned about. So he'll that. miss
0: like two starts, most likely. I mean, Nola, Nola is their Phillies wild card. I think. Card. I think Aaron Nola is is the difference between them being a top four team and and them being just a fringe wild card team. Because last year, I mean, I didn't even – I thought Aaron Nola was solid last year, and then I was watching the spring no. training game, and it came no. on, and he had a 4.6-year atrocious. Year. Yeah. So, Aaron Nola is the guy who, if you get Cy Young-type Aaron Nola, who I believe he was a, a top a finalist a few years ago, correct? Yeah,
1: he was, correct. Yeah, he was yeah.
0: So, I mean, if you get that Aaron Nola, you've got two of the best pitchers in baseball at the top of that rotation. With Ranger Suarez, like you said, who's good. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, Kyle Gibson – he was not good with the Phillies. So I, I don't know what, in that ballpark, he's a little scary for sure. Um, yeah. Zach Eflin. I mean, who knows? He's
1: they can't stay healthy. Zach Eflin, the big story, the big question mark with him is staying healthy for sure. Yeah.
0: But Aaron Nola to me is the difference maker in that rotation. I mean, if you have, if he's a disaster, that Phillies team could be in some serious trouble. If he's a Cy Young candidate, that Phillies team's going to be really good. And, and the bullpen, like you said, I mean, Corey Knebel has had ups and downs these last few years. Jerice Familia. I mean, I, I'm excited to have Pete Alonso and, and Lindor and, and all of them start getting in the box against Familia. Um, Brad Hands, I mean, it's like these guys who are just wild so card. like
1: yeah, complete such wild a
0: wild card. I mean, the Phillies could if you get which I'm not saying this is gonna happen at all, but if you had if you had peak Cord Canable, peak Doris Familia, and peak Brad Hand, that's one of the best bullpens in the MLB, Like literally, like they have they have been all silver lead at times, but who knows what you're gonna get. Um I, then, think the uh,
1: is- I, I don't know if you know him, but Philly's the really another huge wild card for the Phillies is um Sir Anthony Dominguez, who is really <laughs> no, no, listen, 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 sir Anthony is. is Alvarado not- still on the team. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think they might have let him go. Listen, Sir <laughs> Anthony Dominguez. You're making, you're making me laugh here. Has, was a was elite for stretches a, a couple of years ago, and has had multiple Tommy John surgeries. And apparently, the Phillies really like what they've seen out of Sir Anthony Dominguez so far since the lockout has ended. So we'll we'll see we'll see what's going to happen with him. I mean, when when he's when he has a uh, you know, and he's one of the best relievers in the NL in August. I don't want you to still be laughing at me, Griffin.
0: We will see. We will see. I mean, the NL East is going to be fascinating. I think those top three teams. Um, I mean, it's going to be a, a fantastic thing to watch. Um, that's for sure. I do want to pivot here um, real quick. We'll talk about. I think uh, you know the big three free agents that have signed these last few days, and that's Freddie Freeman, Chris Bryant, and Carlos Grapp. Let's start with Chris Bryant. Why not? I mean, this is maybe one of the most perplexing. I mean, this is a horrific c- contract to begin with. Seven years, one hundred eighty-two million. I mean, if you told me Chris Bryant was going to get that, I would say, "All right, uh, you know, go, go ahead, goodbye," um, which I'm sure you would agree with. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean I'm the not...
0: Rockies giving the the Cardinals money to take Arenado and then signing a guy who is definitely worse and is seems to already kind of. I mean, you like Chris Bryant? I think he's a good player, but
1: no, I mean, um... there's no Listen, I, I like Chris Bryant. I still think he's a really good player. I think there's even maybe a great player still in there. Uh, but he's not worth that money. Uh, the fact that we could get uh, Schwarber and Castellanos for less than Brian, what Brian got, I was really happy with. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really happy uh, with how the with with how this all played out for them, from a Phillies perspective and from a Rocky's perspective. It doesn't make much sense at all. I mean, he'll mash there, but I, I just don't I don't get it. I mean, they're not going to compete anytime in the near future. They've, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the National League yet
0: again this year. Um, yeah, because yeah, they don't even have any, like, top prospects, really. I mean, no. they're, uh, they're probably uh, it's three years away from maybe contending again. Yeah, yeah. but they but always if, have I mean,
1: the Dodgers. Remember, the Dodgers will never be yeah. bad. For the amount of money popped into that team, they will never, ever be bad. So,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it... it it's at least, not, I mean, with Rockies, I mean, it's such a sad, I mean, I feel bad for the fans, but at least they're like trying to spend money. Whereas, yeah, no, like no, no, the, no, I do agree. The Cincinnati Reds are just a disgrace to the MLB. The Pittsburgh Pirates are a disgrace. Cleveland Guardians at this point are a disgrace. Um, yeah. So many disgraces. I mean, it's bad. Um, I mean, let's pivot to Carlos Correa, which was such a weird signing. Um Honestly, uh, seeing his contract, I mean, I know he wants to play shortstop. But I, I kind of wish the Mets just jumped in for a three year deal. Um, he gets $35 million a year, though. Opt outs just... after first and second year. Um, I mean, what do you, I mean, this is, I did not think Carlos Correa would be on the Minnesota Twins. Um, he didn't get his money, though. And he might have, he, he, this could be one of the situations where he costs himself a lot, a lot of money. If he really, I mean, if yeah. he has bad years these next two years or can't stay yeah, healthy, it's... he's done.
1: Yeah, you know what it is. I mean, this is the ultimate bet on yourself deal because if it's the opposite way, though, he's going to get paid an unbelievable
0: amount. Um, I think he'll still be – I don't think he's going to get more than what per year than he's making right now.
1: What's crazy to me is – I don't know if you saw the report from this morning is that um, the Astros didn't want him back for that contract. Um, and so at the end, I guess the, ultimate team, the only teams are really Baltimore and Minnesota. And, which is kind of crazy to say out loud. But, I mean, good for Minnesota, uh, I guess they're. I always it, – it's almost sad when I have to, like, have a sport where, like, I, like, congratulate team owners for actually spending money and, like, investing yeah. into their teams. And I think that's, like, an indictment on itself on Major League Baseball and its owners. But, yeah, I mean, that, 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 those are my thoughts. I mean, like you said, it's a real make-or-break-it deal for Correa. If he's bad, he cost himself a lot of money but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think it's an interesting fit. I mean, uh, the twins now have both the one and two picks from the 2012 draft, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah.
0: Very, very good move. And, and last thing we'll talk about today on the podcast, Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers, six years, 162 million. Um, I think they have the best lineup I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, I, there's just not a single bad player in there. It's pretty astonishing, to be honest. I mean, what are your thoughts on this deal? I think the LA Dodgers are, I mean, they've lost some pieces for sure. They've lost Corey Seager. They lost Kenley Jansen, I mean, <laughs> Joe Kelly. But, I, think I mean, this tough. team just looks poised to repeat, uh, not repeat, I guess, but, you know, make it I mean, easily to the front. World we say it,
1: we, we it every year, and they've choked almost every year, but you got to be shocked if this team doesn't win the NL, right? I mean, something yeah. will have gone horribly, horribly wrong. Um, I, I still think Freddie Freeman is one of the best, none of the, I mean, it's obvious he's one of the best players in baseball, best hitters in baseball easily still. I mean, I still think I, I'm just shocked. I'm still shocked. I mean, I understand that they got a replacement, but man, I, I'm still shocked that the, that the Braves kicked into the curb like that. I mean, I, uh, I, uh, I think this is a great deal for the Dodgers. They don't care. They don't care about their money. So why should I care about what they're going to spend? I, I don't even care about the. They don't. I don't care about the contract because they're able to afford it, and like they'll they'll spend as much money as possible. So good for them, and that's they're getting the reward of being able to spend as much money as possible. Um, and yeah, I think this is a great fit. I think he's going to mash in Los Angeles, uh, and I think he's going to, you know, be at that MVP level. He's always he he is always at.
0: Yeah. I mean, real quick, Stafford got one hundred thirty-five million dollars guaranteed. Yeah, so That's let, a let lot. me say,
1: let me say something. How awesome is that, Patrick Mahomes contract? Look, but I, can't I mean,
0: I don't even yeah. understand how the money works in the NFL. With the, like, I don't understand how. So, like, Pat Mahomes can have a fifty million salary, but make what, like, twenty-five? Like, how does that?
1: Yeah, so he has to pl- hit like certain incentives and like he has to play every single snap or something like that in order to get like all of his money and like if he remains like an ultimate iron man he'll get the 500 million essentially i think is the is the thing but at the end of the day like um teams are just teams are going to end up paying in the 65 70 85 80 million range i think in in very soon i think you, you per mean, year yeah i think you might end up seeing no no i What's it called? The salary
0: Herber. cap would have to go. Herbert
1: and Burrow. Herbert and Burrow. The salary. Yeah, the salary. There's going to be a salary cap explosion in like the next two years. Um, like Herbert and Burrow are going to request like five two sixty. That's going to be like their initial offer. That's going to be like their initial um request.
0: Yeah, I and mean, we'll see. It's going to be fascinating. But um, moving back to Freddie Freeman. I mean, I think the, the Dodgers are. I mean, it, it's just insane how loaded this team is you know, the one weak spot is their bullpen, I guess. I mean, they've lost a lot of guys there. I don't think they've really added too much, but they're, they're starting pitching depth. is just pure insanity. I mean, they keep signing guys. They signed Tyler Anderson. They signed Andrew Heaney, who sucks. But, I mean, it's just another guy. I mean, they've got, you know, Julio Urias, Clayton Kershaw coming back, Walker Buehler, um, you know, is Dustin May going to be healthy this year? I don't really know what his situation is. Um I mean who knows Trevor Bauer it doesn't I have no idea what's going on with that but I mean this lineup is just Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, uh, Nakole Seager, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, <laughs> AJ Pollock, Chris Taylor, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger who if he's good yeah is on an MVP level, Will Smith. I mean there's not a single bad player in that lineup and you've got Gavin Lux too. I mean it, it's pure insanity.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just like Spend money and guess what? You'll put fan. not only will you put fans in the seat every single game. Like this is what I don't understand. Do owners think that like teams that this the entire city won't come out and support it if they if teams build if they spend money and build good teams, people will go to the games and watch the games. It's that simple, it really is. Uh yeah, Dodgers spend money and see the reward, and they see the fruits of their uh the, the, uh, and they
0: the Dodgers also spend money and this is the difference I think between the Dodgers and the Mets the Dodgers spend money so well because you look at these contracts I mean they've got Freddie Freeman for 27 million dollars
1: yeah, very similar to, uh, whereas uh, the
0: Mets have you know they they had to pay you know a guy like Max Scherzer 43 million dollars Lindor's under a contract for 34 million dollars Robbie Cano which is just a, a disgrace from God 20 million dollars uh Starley Marte who's a good player like you got But, like, it's just, like, the difference because Scherzer, Lindor, and, you know, Canoe are... And Scherzer... I think Lindor is going to have a fantastic season. Scherzer is an elite player. But it's just, like, they're paying a little too much on those guys. With the Dodgers, it just seems they are paying, like, the perfect amount for every player. And we'll see what Trey Turner is due for a major extension, and he's going to command, I think, well over $300 million for, for his services.
1: Yeah,
0: um... But the shortstop market next year again is elite. Like you've got Trey Turner, Xander Bogaerts, potentially Correa, Tim Anderson. I think is that that's kind like of, like and that's is, what we learned this offseason. There's yeah, just man, not enough you know, money in teams.
1: We get, we get, uh, we get DD salary off the books this season. He can stick it, <laughs> stick it out one more year. And we can go after one of those guys. I mean, we'll I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'll make a quick comparison for any of our viewers if they watch soccer. I think the Dodgers are very similar to a team like Manchester City who is very ruthless in the way that they spend money. They'll let players go if they don't if they think they're past it, and they win trophies and they win titles. And like you said, there are teams that have the money and spend it incompetently. And I think those are it's, it's just like owner, yes, you can pump money. You can financially dope a team but you also have to have very competent people running it. And I think that's like what a lot of people miss about the Los Angeles Dodgers is that they're a machine.
0: Yeah. No, they're so well-run. And I don't want to make it seem like the Mets have, you know, screwed themselves over or, or they're signing bad players because Max Schurz or Frankie Lindor, I still believe, are two of the top players in the game. It's just, I mean, the canoe thing was, that's the old regime and an absolute nightmare that they still have to endure. But, you know, they, they're just paying a little more than – Probably they should be. I mean, Shures are 43 million. They probably could get them for like 37, 36, and Lindor should not be making anywhere close to 34 million dollars. But it is what it is at this point. The Mets have to live with it. But yeah, I mean, that's why teams like the Dodgers are, are just so elite and uh yeah, it's gonna be a f- I mean the NL is gonna be very fun. The AL definitely, I mean the AL East is gonna be a bloodbath, And then you've kind of got a, a few other teams. The Mariners, it looks like they'll end their drought, but yeah, I mean, I think that will do it. Uh, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena, and it was a long one, a lot to talk about. Definitely a fun, uh, fun episode for sure. If you're somehow still watching um, after God knows how long, but uh, make <laughs> sure to subscribe, like, comment, uh, follow us on Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast. Follow us both on Instagram. Our links will be in the description. And uh, yeah, with that, thank you so much for watching, and uh, we'll see you all next week on Outside the Arena.